What's up, everybody? Welcome to Championship Leadership Podcast. And today I'm excited. We got Matt Brown, the immortal UFC fighter. He was part of the seventh season of the Ultimate Fighter. He just coming off of a, a big victory here, the end of December. And uh, so I'm just excited to have you here. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I always like to ask this question just to start it off to kind of get things rolling. What, what does uh, championship leadership mean to you when you you hear that when you think of when you think of that well wow that's uh i'm, I'm glad we got a lot of time because <laughs> a lot on that uh, yeah i mean when i think of leadership i think of uh someone that's you know there's a there's this old concept i, I talk about called force versus power you know like the forceful person that attempts to always gets a defensive reaction because they try to force themselves into something it's always a pushback the the leader is uh, a powerful person right and the powerful person walks in the room and you know they're powerful you ought to have an automatic respect for them and so when i think of like a champion leader the first thing i think of is a powerful person some sort of you know like an aura about them and something that you know, people buy into them and their visions very, very easily, uh, organically and naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, um, yeah, there's just something about when someone walks in the room with that power, like you say, like everybody just kind of knows, right? Like, it's just like, uh, you're, you're drawn to them too, a little bit. So maybe talk about that. Like how important is that play into, I imagine it plays into what you do in the ring when it's just you and another man facing each other, like the power versus force. And I mean, can you feel that as a part of your training? Is that a part of like your, your fighting style, your philosophy in life? Yeah. Maybe talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. That's exactly the principle of jujitsu that is, you know, is a huge takeaway in life for me is a principle of jujitsu where, you know, it's based around like, like wrestling, for instance, at least a lot of American wrestling up into a certain level, you know, is, is a very force-based uh, strength sport. And that's not, you know, 
to take away from the many that aren't like that too. Striking, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, found itself on those principles, but you know, a lot of that's still there again at the highest level. In in terms of uh, as a fundamental principle of the art, that's what jujitsu is all about. If I need you to to come to me, right? I need you to move your body, some body part to me. I try to push it away. And that's that, that little nuanced push creates uh, you coming to me the way that I wanted. And if I wanted you to go away, then I would try to pull you to me. Sort of, you know, it's a very rough analogy, but that's the idea of, of power over force. If I try to force you to me, I get a defensive reaction and you go away. If I try to push you away, you come to me. Now I create, I use the power to get there. Yeah. So are you taking, like, how does, how does all of that that you learn, like those little nuances, I, I, I imagine it, it, you've been in this game for a long time. You, it, it's, it's really your life and what you do. How do you take all of these lessons, like just what you were um, talking about, like that, that takes time to master and, and to really become an expert in at an elite level. Like, how do you take that into how you apply to the rest of your life, maybe as a father, as a business owner. Yes, uh, I, I use a lot of those concepts and ideas in fatherhood specifically, mm-hmm. where trying not to be forceful towards my kids. Yeah, and I try to lead them the right path. You know, the adult building business is a very complicated thing. No doubt, and no. there's no right or wrong way to do it, but. Yeah. I feel like for them to learn from me and to become powerful people, I have to be powerful to them. And that's to me is what a leader is. And I attempt to do the the same thing in my business. I own a a martial arts gym here in Columbus, Ohio. And it's the same thing. Like the people that work for me, uh, my employees, I have to do the same thing to them. If I try to force them to do something, it never works. So, uh, again, it's about using the power and, and the power is, you know, when you say that, it sounds like you're being forceful when you say that, but I try to be, uh, get them to buy into my vision. Yeah. And that's what true power is. And same with the athletes I coach, you know, and when I do that, I notice a, a much better response. And I think usually people want to be forceful because they're, there's a specific way that they want something done and there's a specific way, uh, a thing that they want done where I've learned, uh, you know, again, with kids, with employees, with athletes, they're going to do it their way one way or another. Mm-hmm. And you have to uh, learn to step back and allow that. And, and, and again, they buy into your vision and your beliefs then they're going to do it a, a, a better way. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of feel like when, when you're talking about it, I'm thinking of force and then I'm like, you know, it could be a, a, a big lack of patience too. Right. And, you know, I can, yeah. I can imagine in the ring uh, when you get impatient, that could get you in trouble in a hurry as well. Definitely also in life of yeah, just allowing certain things to come to you versus trying to force the issue. And uh, yeah, so I, I love that concept. Maybe you could talk to us just a little bit about, like for the listeners that, that don't know a lot about you, um, maybe a little bit of your story. Like how did you get into 
mixed martial arts. How did this become really a part of just who you are and in your life? You own the gym now, of course. You got employees that are that you're supporting, other athletes that are looking up to you, that you're guiding, that you're leading, that you're mentoring. Like, how did you get to where you are today? Well, I was going down the wrong path for a long time. I didn't have any direction in my life. Drugs, alcohol, partying. Um, and really, I was just, a, I think, looking back, I mean, I was just a smart kid with a, a bright future that had nowhere to harness all that energy. And then when I found martial arts, all that energy was harnessed and, and it was found uh, a positive outlet for that energy and something that I could really attach myself to. And I was able to create my own identity within uh, that niche. So that, that was what really got me uh, uh, started in martial arts. And the day I walked into a martial arts gym and, and I felt the energy in there and was attracted to that. And, and I walked out saying like, there's nothing else I'm ever going to do in my life or nothing that I will ever pursue again in my life other than this. I mean, I do pursue businesses sure. which are based around the martial arts. Mm -hmm. I, I pursue, you know, relationships and, and things like that, but it all begins with the martial arts and ends with the martial arts and I married the sport and I don't have any intentions of pursue anything else like I'm not going to pursue uh, material objects or you know like I don't want to be a doctor or anything, you know what I mean like yeah is the only thing I'm, I, I've said many times I'm going to die on those mats you know hopefully in a pool of blood and you know doing what I love man so yeah I've seen you say that recently right you talked about it like hey I don't have an exit strategy here you know I think you even said you expect to die in the ring right um, exactly. It could be in a ring as well. It could be, right? ring. Yeah, it could be in the ring yeah. or, you know, the weight room or whatever. But, and that's exactly how I was able to succeed as far as I have. And that's why my business has, has succeeded as far as it has. You know, we're, we're still both all those things. I mean, as a person, as a athlete, as a business owner, all those things are still in the infant stages. Mm-hmm but the reason that they are, uh, are growing is because I never had a plan B. I didn't, I didn't open a business and, and give myself an option of whether it's going to work. When I wanted to get to the UFC, I didn't say, you know, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do hard work as hard as I can and see what happens. I said, I'm, I'm going to pursue a, a championship and I won't accept anything less. And that doesn't mean you'll necessarily get it. Like I haven't got a championship, but that's, there's only one pursuit and that's of excellence. And that's what I'm searching for. I try to get this through my athletes when we do like sprints and, and things like that. But great examples like we do these stair sprints down. It was a pretty long set of stairs and, you know, they, they always wonder how I'm able to do so many. And I just tell them, they're like, oh, you're so mentally tough. And it's, I'm like, no. I said, this is how many I'm going to do, and that's how many I do. It, it's simply, I just simply made a choice. Like, there's, I won't do more. I won't do less. I'm going to do this many, period. Yeah. And there's, there's no, like, if I die trying to get that many, then I'll die trying to get that many. That's rare. You know, I mean, you know, it's simple. It's like, it really is simple if you break it down to like, hey, 
I'm making a choice and I'm going to be a man of my word, like to myself, and I'm going to do this. This is what's required. It's all about excellence to win a championship inside of the UFC and outside of it. It's just to be the best possible version of yourself as you can. Who are some people that maybe helped? Like, is, is that always been inherently in you? Like you just always kind of been driven like that? Have there been some, some coaches, some leaders, some mentors along the way that, that have helped kind of instill that in you? Maybe you could talk a little bit about some people that have impacted you to help. you. Uh, no, that mentality was really all my own. No one really yeah. brought that to me, but I've certainly had some really positive influences and re really has some very positive people maybe have that same mentality and don't even express it the same. Yeah. You know, Rich Franklin was a huge one. Very, very intelligent guy, very well-spoken, very eloquent. And I didn't even realize that until not too long when I opened the gym and I started realizing that I was repeating a lot of the stuff to my athletes yeah. that he was saying to me because I would run into these situations and these people would ask me questions and, and how did I answer it? Well, I look back at oh, what Rich tell me in that situation, <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, um, you know, Mark Coleman's another one and, he comes into the gym all his time still. And it's really a, a lot of these people, it's not necessarily like specific things they say, whatever, but the, you know, that powerful energy that they bring. Yeah. They remind me that I, I'm powerful, you know, and they remind me that, that I'm a strong person. And sometimes that's easy to forget, uh, particularly in the, the grind of the, of the training that we do when, you're getting beat up a lot. Like we're doing very high volume, a higher volume than other people in the gym. So these people are rested and fresh and they yeah. beat you up and you're like, dude, I worked so hard this week. Why am I losing this shit? You know, why can't I perform this technique or different things? So to have those positive figures, just to remind you how powerful you really are, it goes a very long way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What's, uh, what's, What's the vision for you? Like, I know as a fighter, of course, you're not done. You just came off a big win, um, maybe off a, a little, little bit of time off, but championship's the goal. Like, you just talked about it. Like that, and if it isn't, you probably, you know, you're definitely in it for the wrong reasons. But um, continually keeping yourself, like, ready. And, and then also, but now you got this business, right? Now you, you also, you're leading others, and, and so you got a little bit going on. Like, what's, what's the big vision for you on where you're headed? Well, I guess when I say championship, that term has been uh, redefined for me over the years too. Yeah. It's like, like how you said, define championship leader, right? I, I didn't yeah. say, you know, a leader that's carrying a belt around. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. enough champions that aren't, or, you know, there's enough people with belts that aren't real champions. 100%. Uh, yeah. You know, so I have kids and again, I have a business and, I've realized over the past few years how many people I affect on a daily basis, whether it's my presence, social media, or be podcasts like this, different ways. And that's what being a champion is, is, is what are you giving back to the world? Mm -hmm. So that's my primary focus is not just all about me and what I absorb and what I take in and what I sponge but rather what is that doing for the rest of the world starts with my own children yeah. and then trickles out from there. Thank you.
what's a moment in your life like we call it turning points maybe a, cri a critical moment where man you could have very easily been somewhere else in life in that moment kind of that fork in the road you made the decision to to take the path you did it has you where you are got going on for your life and for your family and for your career and everything else that's going on for you but like had you made that a different decision you could be very you could be very easily be somewhere else like and I think a lot of the listeners, they love to hear these stories is because they're in that moment right now. They're fighting with whether or not to have the courage to really make the decision that they know is true for them. A lot of people, they don't. And they end up kind of going that, some people would say is a safe route, but really it's the route that, that leaves them unfulfilled, right? I could definitely come up with a few different ones that were huge turning points. I would say probably the most significant one was I was living in New York City. And I actually moved there to train, but if you, if you know anything about New York city, it's a very, very expensive place. So I ended up having to work so much to keep up. I was building a personal training business and I, st I was starting to pick up some steam. Well, that was when ultimate fighter came to Newark and did interviews. And I went over and I, I got through the first set of interviews and tryouts and they wanted to call me back. So I had a choice right then. I had a pretty safe net right there in New York City. I had a business that was you know, right on the, the, the tipping point. You know, it, it was about to go really smooth. And, you know, I put in close to a year worth of very, very hard work, 15-hour day work weeks. And, you know, I was still training as much as I could. But usually, you know, in the, within the gym, where I was training other people. Well, anyway, so I had to make a decision of, you know, do I change everything and pursue this ultimate fighter goal fully? Uh, when really the ultimate fighter is not a, you know, there's 16 guys in there, usually four or five get contracts. Yeah, right. No guarantees. So, yeah. So, and, and I didn't even know for sure if I was going to be on the show yet. You know, there's yeah. still yeah. two more, still two more interviews. Uh, lots of things can go wrong. There's, I think they bring, you know, 20, 25 guys and then, you know, 16 end up actually getting in the house. You know, there's backups and, you know, injuries happen, tons and tons of things. Well, again, I went back to square one. I said, you know, I didn't give myself a plan B. So fuck this plan B. Uh, moved back to Ohio. Left my girlfriend there, then my girlfriend at the time, and said, sorry, you know, uh, I got to do what I got to do and move back with really, I think I spent my last, you know, dollars just on the move, you know, like, yeah. like gas and food and, you know, towing a little trailer and everything. Um, so I moved back with no money and just hoping for that dream. Got in my, a good training camp and then, yeah, so I ended up getting on the house, you know, and that, that's why that was probably the, the scariest fight of my life when I first got on in the house. And we didn't know that we had to fight to get in the house. I thought once I flew to Vegas and I get off yeah. the plane, I'm like, I'm here. I made it. Yeah. Life is good. You know, now we got to go win some fights in, in the ultimate fighter house. But instead they put us all in the room and we're all looking around and there's not 16 of us. They're, we're like, this is way more than 16 people. There's 32 of us. They said, tomorrow, you guys got to fight to get in the house. The winners stay, the losers go. I said, holy, holy shit. Right? Like, I did all this, and 
and I don't even know if I'm going to be here. I could go home yeah. tomorrow. To add to that, they put me with a, a guy named Josh Hall, who was – this was a 185 season. He was probably 200 pounds. I was right at 185, yeah. eating whatever I wanted to stay at, at 185. You know, so I remember – I still, to this day, remember that stare down, you know, when they mashed us up and they put us up in front of everyone. I was like, this dude is big as hell. <laughs> And then it, to add even a, a little bit more to it, you know, come the next day. So, you know, there's Forrest and Rampage where the, the, the two coaches yeah. come to find out Rampage brought them on the season. But since no teams have been assigned, they assigned corners to us. Well, they assigned Forrest's corner to him. So now I got Forrest cornering him and his team, Rampage and his team cornering him because they're his boy. So now I'm in this fight with Dana White sitting right there, very intimate environment, very scary thing. My life yeah. is on the line here. This is the fork in the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my life, and I know this, this is, you know, a lot of people lose on that show and never hear from again. Right. I know this is the fork in the road. And uh, I got a, a giant across from me. Everybody's cornering him. My back's against the wall. What you gonna do, motherfucker? Not yeah. went out there and pushed through it and knocked him out in the first round. That's an incredible story. Yeah, that's the ultimate right there. I mean, there's a lot there that you put on the line that you put on hold for uh, a lot of levels of of no guarantees, right? All the different phases you had to go through. You still had some different interviews, and then and then to come find out the rules kind of get changed on you when you get there. And uh, what was it inside? Like you, it was just something inside like, man, this is what I got to do. This is just like what I'm meant to do. This is my path. Or Well, I've been blessed, I guess, maybe naturally with some, with a lot of focus and yeah. Like I never even, I, I look back on it. It's a pretty good story. At the time, it wasn't even a story to me. This was sure. each moment as if I'm not letting this push me back. I'm not letting this hold me down. I didn't even have to say that to myself because it didn't even cross my mind that it could or would. I didn't care one bit that I had one thing on my mind. And that was plan A. Plan B stands for plan bitch. And I, and I wasn't going there. I said, this is the only thing I want. And there's only one person that can stop me from doing this. And that's Josh Hall. He's across the cage from yeah. me or going to be across the cage from me. And, and I knew that. That's it right there, right? It's just the it's the plan A. Like there, what there? I mean, that's that's the theme, obviously, for you. Is uh, there is no other route. It's just that this is the route. There isn't a fork in the road. Like this is just the road that I'm on. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, I I was uh, I, I can accept if there's a fork too, though. You know, like I, sure. I, I said, look, you know, maybe he beats my ass, but. That doesn't mean I'm gonna be any less relentless in my pursuit. Yeah, no doubt that uh, you know, had it went the other way, it didn't of course. You still find a way to make it just just from hearing your story and, and who you are. So what are uh you know, as we wrap this up, I wanna I know you're you're under the weather, so I, I definitely appreciate you just taking the time to still come on. And um what would be maybe one or two things you could leave with the listeners? you know, some, some principles that you live by that they could implement into their life today to help them move forward? Well, I think we kind of talked about a little bit. I mean, that's a, that whole plan A, plan B thing is the yeah. big failure in life that I see. 
I see in fighters all the time. You know, they they want to uh, they say they want to be fighters or go to the UFC and this and that, but I also see them for eight or ten hours before they're in the gym. They're pursuing something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the, the, there's a you, you're eventually going to step into the cage with someone that mm-hmm. isn't doing that. And they're sleeping on the mats like I did at one point. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're, they're living off of frozen bags of chicken breast and uh, instant mashed potatoes like I did. And they're bumming rides to the gym because they can't afford a car because they won't keep a job because they're, yeah. you know, and it's a, you know, it's a starving artist and it's a tough way to live. And, it's, there's not necessarily a lot of honor in that life for a while, but you know, you got to see the bigger picture. I mean, you know, I think it's, it was the same, like when I opened my gym, I mean, I had to suck up a lot of pride. I, I was, I, I actually, so, you know, a little story was I got divorced. My wife left me or we got separated. However you want to say it. Let's see, like one or two months into opening my gym. So now it's just me. So now I got to do the accounting. Now I got to do the sales. Now I got to sit at the front desk. Now after teaching a class or before teaching a class, mm-hmm. uh, I got to make calls. Hey, you coming to the gym? You know, I don't know how many people I called and they're like, Is, are you Matt Brown? You calling Brown. me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and yeah, and, and yeah, in the back of my head, yes, this is Matt Brown. Yeah. Yes, I'm calling you because. I want to see if you want to sign your membership or whatever, you know, and, and that was a, you know, that, that was a, a, you know, I had to suck up my pride, right? Uh, because mm-hmm. I decided that I was going to build this business. And I, again, I didn't have a, a plan B about it. I said, I, this is going to succeed. And now I have employees making those calls. Now I have, you know, other instructors helping out teaching the classes. So, you know, it's just a process and, you know, that, I think that's what a, a lot of people have a hard time doing is just doing what they have to do to get what they want. And lot, most of the time, I, th- I think most people, they, they know what it is. They know what they should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but you know, the, the pride will get in the way or, you know, laziness, of course, or they don't really want it and they didn't make a choice. Yeah, that's a great message. So thank you. You got a fight? You get a, another fight lined up yet, or? Yeah, I'm you... fighting March 28th here in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, great, love it. Well, how can we find out more about you and uh, follow you? Uh, I, I am the Immortal, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at the Immortal Brown on Facebook. Great, we'll get that linked up. Appreciate you, uh, like I said, taking some time. I know you're not feeling well. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoyed the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But 
When I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm called to be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want, if I said it then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done, consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, baby.